Okay, I am recording. You may fire when ready. Stand by. I started hearing whispers about Marshall Latham's and Rish Outfield's return as heirs to the podcast. We have to prepare for the worst. The Journey Into Podcast is proud to present this journey into a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. A journey into Star Wars. Please join us as we explore this world of mystery and adventure featuring many delusions of grandeur. Greetings and salutations, everybody. This is another episode of the Delusions of Grandeur. I am Marshall Latham, and I am here with Rish Outfield to talk about Star Wars once again. The last time we left you, we were talking about Ahsoka, and it's been a while since we've gotten together since then. Yeah, that's true. Hi. Hi, Marshall. Hey. I hope you have been well. I have been. It's been several weeks since we recorded, and I, I can't remember. Were we just going to get together after three more episodes and then do the last two? I think that was originally the plan, yeah. And Yeah, that would have worked really well, but I missed a week where you said, hey, are you ready to record about the, the next three episodes? And I said, oh, I didn't see the third episode. And so the next week I watched two, and that screwed up our, our count. Now we had four episodes to talk about. And I think one of us just said, let's just wait one more week and we'll talk about everything. Right. And Yeah, so you know, if we were to do this normally, we would kind of go through each episode and talk about what happened. Not in great detail, but in somewhat of a detail of each episode. Uh, but since we have so many, I figured um, I'd change it up a little bit. And, you know, we'll get to the pertinent information from the remainder of Ahsoka that we've watched. But I compiled a list of 23 characters. And some of them we don't need to talk about very long. But others, of course, we will expand upon quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I thought we could just talk about the characters and our feelings about them and, and some of the things that we liked or disliked or their arcs. But like I say, some of them are just kind of throwaway. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that will be fun. I, will I know all of the names of these characters? Uh, I think most of them you will. Uh, there might be one or two that I'll have to say, oh yeah, that's, that's this one. <laughs> Let me give you an example. <laughs> the the first person I have on my list here is Maroc. Do you remember that guy? Well, he's the the Inquisitor, right? The one that, that was the mystery man of the first three episodes that there was so much speculation about. Yeah. Oh, and, and believe me, I, I laughed when they killed him off in the next episode after you and I had joked like, what would happen if they just killed him? They never take off the mask. They never have any explanation. He's, they just kill him. And then they did. Yeah. I'm sure that there were people that were just heartbroken by that because they'd wasted so much time speculating and looking for clues as to who he really was. Yeah, it was, uh, he fought Ahsoka and she just sliced and diced him. And it, I still don't understand who the guy was. I mean, he... Like, when she killed him, it was like this green energy or whatever flowed out of him or smoke or something like that. Right. I guess that means that he was just like a construct of uh, Morgan Elsbeth or something? Well, my understanding was that that green energy was the Sith witch energy they used to resurrect the dead. And that he was a revenant like those zombie stormtroopers we see in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about them, too. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just figured we, we needed to follow up on uh, good old Maroc there, because uh, that was pretty funny. 
when they just killed him off unceremoniously. Yeah, I, he was just meant to be a... Uh, that was pretty good. A, you know, a, a, a disposable villain. I think we talked about that, that. We've got the two dark Jedi with the orange lightsabers who had lo- tons of personality. And then we had him, the guy that didn't say much, didn't have a face, and uh, was essentially okay to kill before the end of the series. And Yeah. Uh, you know, he was just a, a another bad guy, a, a henchman kind of guy. And so I feel bad for the people that got really attached to him. And they, Hasbro did announce an action figure of him, <laughs> uh, which, right. you know, will still sell better than Morgan Elsbeth's figure will. But he didn't end up being as major a character as a lot of people were sure that he would be. Yeah. He was not Ezra Bridger. So what, wait, yeah. what am I supposed to say about each of these characters? Am I supposed to say whether I like them or am I doing it right? I think so. Yeah. Just what you remember and what you liked. And I didn't mind Maroc, but uh, I wasn't that excited about him either. I was more interested in the other two. Okay. Usually in these shows, there is a character that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and... Sometimes that's by design, I think. There will be characters that we are meant to not like. But I look forward to finding if there was somebody in Ahsoka that that rubbed you the wrong way or with 20-something characters on the list. Surely there's somebody I didn't like. Surely there's somebody. Well, let's test that (laughs) with the next guy here, uh, Jason Sindula. The little green-haired kid? The little green-haired kid. Why, why does he have green hair? <laughs> because his mother has green skin? Yeah, I don't know. I, I had to convince my wife that it was green hair because it was so dark, you know, compared to like the cartoon version that we saw at the end of Rebels. But uh, I don't know why he has green hair, just to make him different. Well, yeah, I, it, it's possible that he just took after his father and he's completely human, which seems strange, but okay. And then he dyed his hair green as a sign of solidarity toward his mother. That could be. I'm reaching, I realize. Uh, You know, I don't, I didn't dislike him. I didn't like him much one way or the other. So in the dream sequence episode, he's the one that's standing on like the cliff and he can sense what's going on wherever Ahsoka is. So, So they've established that he has the force. And that he, well, basically he uses it so that they find Ahsoka. I'm not sure if she would have drowned without his help, but uh, I, I thought that that was cool, that they gave him something important to do. They showed that the Force was with him, and unfortunately Kylo Ren is going to murder him in just a few short months. <laughs> Although Kylo Ren was already an adult when he turned to the dark side. I he was probably a young adult, like in his nineteen twenty something like that. Is my guess. Would Ben Solo Kylo Ren even be alive in the time of Mandalorian? Hmm. Five years. Well, at this point, it's probably seven years after. So he might have been born at that time. Okay. And you know, I I just assumed they gave him the name of Jason J A C E N as a nod to the the old legacy books, Heir of the Empire and whatnot. Since they had Thrawn, they, they threw Jason in there as well. Yeah, I, I could take him or leave him. You know, I think they're setting him up for the future to be this strong Force user, Jedi applicant to the Academy or whatever. All right, the next one on the list is a group of people, the Night Mothers. I would tell you their names, but I don't care. <laughs> well, as as far as I know, they have the th- the names of the the three sisters that would like determine the course of your life, the length of your life, and then one would snip the thread when it was time for you to die. Oh yes, and uh, <laughs> they had the same names, just spelled differently. At least that's what I. I and and let me know if your Disney Plus does this. But my cousin has a giant flat screen television and the show will play and then the credits will start. And at some random point, they will minimize and go super postage stamp small. And the the Disney Plus app will try and make you watch Mandalorian. 
and my cousin will just let it play super small until it it's over. Oh, yeah, that that Disney Plus, yeah, that's that's what they do. Yeah, you have to click on it and go back to the credits in order to see it. But it's always right there before the cast. So you can find out, did yeah. Anthony Daniels play um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, strangely enough. <laughs> but you'll never know because the credits are playing basically in thumbnail sized. Uh, I wish there was a way to just turn that off. Uh, I, I've recently started watching stuff on Hulu and its default is the second the credits start to roll, it's going to play the next episode. Because nobody wants to watch the credits and nobody wants to stop and go to bed or go to the bathroom. They immediately want to watch the next episode. (laughs) And I I don't like that. I want that to stop. I want to be in charge of my own programming. And if I choose to watch seven episodes of She's the Sheriff, okay, that's on me. But I want to make the choice. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's kind of a holdover from the the Netflix binging days. You know, they encourage you to watch the next one. And uh, I I find it annoying as well. But I I typically go to the credits. Sometimes I have to rewind, but then it minimizes again. So you have to be quick (laughs) to get in there or pause it. That's terrible. Really, it does it the second time. Well, I guess it's probably just a setting that is always programmed in. Yeah. I wish it would stop. Uh, as far as the three witches go, is it okay if I call them witches? You can call them witches, yes. Okay. Uh, I loved them. I thought that they were really cool and really scary, and they have these markings on their faces and the red clothes. And one thing that was neat is there was always a wind blowing on them. So their, their, oh, their yeah. outfits would like <laughs> ruffle and ripple in the, in the, and shimmer in the wind. And I just, I loved that. It probably was really difficult to get their audio with a fan blowing on them all the time. But I, they, I thought that they looked really, really cool. I never watched The Clone Wars with Mother T- Talzin. Did I say her name right? Yeah, that sounds right. But I remember back in 99 getting a, uh, you know, making of Phantom Menace book or, or art of Phantom Menace book. And there was a painting that Doug Chang had done because in an early draft of Phantom Menace, the the Sith apprentice was going to be a woman. And so he had drawn this white faced, like Kabuki looking assassin in a, in a red outfit. And I was just like, Oh, that thing is really, really cool. This is a very talented artist. Uh, But instead they went with Darth Maul, which was probably the right choice because that's, you know, the best thing in Phantom Menace. Right. (laughs) But they used that design on the Clone Wars for Savage Opress's mother. And she she was like the head of the Dathomirian witches. Did I? Yeah, the the Night Sisters. The Night Sisters, thank you. They were always called. That's better. Yeah. So I I thought these guys were really cool. I I like scary stuff and, and, you know... Palpatine uh, oftentimes was really scary and the music and, and that, and these, the green energy that they, they conjured was just eerie and very Macbeth like with the three witches there. And I just, I, yeah, I have no complaints and I had no idea that they would come with Thrawn to our galaxy or to, you know, to the, the regular Star Wars galaxy. So it's almost guaranteed we will see them again. Yeah, I think they're a big part of the plan for Thrawn. Or they're, they're co-conspirators with Thrawn. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. You know, obviously, Filoni is, is building a bunch of more lore and other things. And so, you know, basically, he's established now that this Peridia or this other galaxy is where the Night Sisters came from. Now, I don't know. We don't know what they brought with them. All this cargo that they loaded into the Star Destroyer. I'm assuming they're more zombies or more Night Sisters or something. Uh, yeah, that that's up for us to figure out later, I guess. But that's all part of the plan. Yeah, I too got the impression that they were all coffins. That they were yeah. building. The Star Destroyer wasn't called the Demeter, was it? <laughs> Apparently it was called the Chimera. <laughs> And I'm not sure if they ever yeah, they ever it, say that on the show. 
I think they do at least once. But I, I loved how damaged it was and it was missing an, an engine and uh, that they had it just like, I don't know if it was actually sitting atop their spire or if it was just floating right there. But it, uh, some somebody, some company has to make a model kit of that thing. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it would be really fun to display just the, the detail, the beating that thing had taken over the years is great. I mean, it sort of goes hand in hand with Lucas's idea of a used universe, which was one of the things that set Star Wars apart way, way, way back, was that things were grungy and run down. And you could tell that the droids had seen so much. They weren't per- clean and perfect and, and new. And the ships... Yeah, we're all just like falling apart and cobbled together. Gosh, I love that. Yeah, they did a good job, you know, making it realistic that, hey, he's been out here for, what is it, 10 years or whatever, using all the resources that he can. So, and we we keep saying he. Let's go ahead and talk about Grand Admiral Thrawn, played by Lars Mikkelsen. He only shows up in the last three episodes of the series. We knew he was coming. That's all they did is talk about Thrawn for the first five episodes, or at least four. And we we already knew that he was on his way. But what do you think about what we got for Grand Admiral Thrawn in this live-action series? Well, they, they really teased him a lot. And the my worry, and a lot of people's worries, is that we weren't going to get Thrawn until the end of the series. You know, some kind of cliffhanger. But once he was introduced, he had lots and lots of screen time. And we got to see a little bit of how he 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 sits and observes and thinks and plots and comes up with a plan. And if that plan doesn't go well, he's got sub plans and plots. And it's something that we had talked about before we even saw Ahsoka is that uh, everybody was sure that the second that Thrawn came back, that the Empire would rise again because he was such a great tactician. And so I feel like we got that here. There, there, there's one scene where he dispatches two TIE fighters to take out our heroes. And part of me is just like, two TIE fighters? Little Jason Syndulla could probably take out two TIE fighters. Are you sure? <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I think it was just so that he could observe them in action and that these TIE fighters were expendable, and he didn't want to maybe lose a hundred TIE fighters. Right, because resources are slim, right? So he's got to use what he's got. Yeah, no, I thought he was done really well. I thought he came off as very sinister, more sinister than he was in the Rebels cartoon, a little bit closer to what we saw in you know the old books, The Heir to the Empire and, and that trilogy. I I want to see more of him, and maybe that's what they were trying to accomplish, is I want to see him be clever and, you know, just really put everybody on the ropes and just be one of those guys that, you know, like almost Vader level where you just can't get away from this guy and there's no way to beat him until, you know, something heroic happens or whatever. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what they're doing with him and... uh <laughs> a lot of people online were uh critiquing his physique. Uh-huh. They said he was a little little thick. <laughs> but uh come on, man, give the guy a break. He's been stranded on this planet for a long time. Yeah, I feel like the costume designer, uh, who sadly just died. She oh. did what she could or they did what they could to hide the punch that this guy has and stuff and and probably by the time that Filoni gets to make his movie or trilogy or whatever he ends up making, Mickelson will, you know, be as thin as his brother. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't think he was heavy. He just, he, he hunched over a little bit. And uh, Thrawn is not like a ninja or anything like that. Like, like if Thrawn fought Luke Skywalker, he would lose, right? Nobody would think that Thrawn is not a fighter. He is a right. No, he, he is a planner. He is somebody whose brain is his ultimate weapon. 
He's the Lex Luthor of Star Wars. And, and this is just my understanding from reading the Thrawn books way back in the time and then reading his new Thrawn book. Well, it's not new anymore, but reading that first book just called Thrawn that reintroduced him in the new continuity. He's the smartest guy in the room by several degrees. Uh, I, but one thing that I found interesting, I think we talked about it when I read that Thrawn book, is I didn't get the impression that he was a particularly evil person. And they have him be a villain on this show, but at the same time, he doesn't seem to be the kind of bad guy where you're just like, oh, this guy is, is, is pure evil in the way that Moff Gideon was. I'm not going to say that Gideon was like a mustache twirler, but he was more along those lines than Thrawn was. And I, I'm trying to remember what his motivation was in the, the book. He had, he had lost his home world. I, I, I think he had, he had left to like prove to his, his world that he, he was a good, a good son kind of thing. You know, I will come back Yeah, and, you know, you'll see what I have become and I, and I, I will make my planet proud of me. So something like that. And he, he runs into the empire where there is semi overt racism against non-human species. And he proves himself again and again until even Palpatine goes, wait a minute, you know, I have this rule but I'm going to break that rule as far as this guy goes. He's that good. Yeah. Did you read the other two books in that trilogy? No, I only read the first one. But after seeing Ahsoka, now I kind of want to go back. Because I think this, like in the second book, him and Vader are put together. And I think that would be pretty fascinating to read. Yeah, I wish that I had read that. Because he talks about Ahsoka's master being Anakin Skywalker. Yes. You never hear him even once say Darth Vader. Yeah. And so I started to wonder, does he know that Anakin became Vader? Does does, does he know that? Did he work with Vader? Did they interact? Do they have a respect for each other? Are they rivals? And, and I didn't, I don't know. And I feel like if I had seen that, sorry, if I had read that book, I'd have a pretty good clue of their understanding. And my guess is that Thrawn is smart enough that he would pick up on the fact that this is the dead Jedi Anakin Skywalker reborn. Yeah. But did they interact at all on Star Wars Rebels? Because Vader was in that. I don't think they did on Rebels, but somebody could prove me wrong, I'm sure. But no, I think, I, I know that they definitely interacted in, in that book quite a bit, but I have not read it. So yeah, that's, that's something I'll have to do in the interim here is uh, catch up on that. Yeah. But yeah, he kept referring to, you should never estimate the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. So <laughs> he was not underestimating Ahsoka in anything. Well, yeah, he, he, because he knew Anakin, he could predict what his apprentice would do. Yes, yeah. Which is which is weird. Was Ahsoka like Anakin? In some respects, she was. Okay. But she was also her own person, had her own things. But that's his thing, right? He he learns about who you are and how you tick, and based on your culture and where you've come from and who you've know associated with, and that's kind of his his thing. So yeah, I I think it'll be very interesting to see how that how it all plays out. I think that, you know, this whole series was playing the long game. He's, Filoni is setting things up, building this new world and characters to, to play in, in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I think he's done a great job so far. But I think a lot of people were frustrated by that. They expected this to be more of a, a one and done kind of show, but it's really kind of opening up the world for more development. Yeah, let's put a pin in that and talk about that at the end of the episode because I, yeah. I, I was surprised by that as well. What did you think of, of Thrawn's look, of his skin color and his eyes, his hair, his uniform? I thought it worked. I mean, it's, you know, it's what I expected. And I think the voice, well, he had the voice in Rebels too, but 
just the way that they played him, I, I, it, it works pretty well for me. I mean, they don't do a lot of close-ups on his eyes, so maybe if they did, you know, he wouldn't look. You could tell it was a contact or something like that, but the way that they played it, I, I think he, he looks the part and uh, looks intimidating. How about you? Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it worked fine. Uh, I had never seen Lars Mikkelsen in anything. Which is weird because I've seen Mads Mikkelsen in so much stuff. And I I wonder if he's had a big career and he's just not, you know, had flashy enough parts that I remember the stuff that I've seen him in. Uh, but but I did complain in the last episode about Hera's look. Yeah. And that uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who isn't a girl, still looked like a girl playing that part. You know, it's like, this is my 14-year-old daughter cosplaying as Harrison Nula. <laughs> oh, she looks great. Yeah. And I also felt like the green was really weird on her. But the choice of blue for his skin that they chose seems pretty excellent to me. And maybe it's because I'm... I, I My <laughs> exposure to Grand Admiral Thrawn is the cover of Air the, to the Empire and then the cover of the Thrawn book, you know? I've... I haven't seen the Rebels episodes with him. Oh, okay. And so he's a more of a character that I've imagined in my mind. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's... And that was kind of a, a complaint that I had until he showed up. And I heard a lot of people complain about it online, too. It's like, I've never even seen... You know, I haven't read the books. I haven't seen Rebels. I don't even know who this General Thrawn is. And everybody talks about him like he's this great guru well, show me, you know, show me the guy. And so I think they relied a lot on his reputation from fans like us that have known about Thrawn for years. But if you hadn't seen Rebels and you hadn't read the books, then who is this guy? Why do we care about Grand Admiral Thrawn? But I think they, they paid it off enough at the end. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't listened to a lot of reaction after the show was over. Okay, and that's something I did want to ask you about. But if you haven't heard a lot, then I, I won't. <laughs> I haven't heard a lot of negative reactions. I think it's it's all been pretty positive. You know, some complaints along the way, but in general, I think people have liked it. So let's let's go to our fifth character here. <laughs> fifth? Uh, but this, I mean, I figured we'd spend a while on Thrawn. So okay, Captain Enoch. What what do you think of the? Gold-faced stormtrooper, Enoch. Uh, now, this character had no impression on me at all. <laughs> uh, that was the episode that I missed, where we were going to get together and I, I hadn't been able to see it. And so, in the week after it aired, I saw so many images of this stormtrooper with a gold gladiator face on the helmet. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what is this going to be? Uh, and it's just a guy. It's just like the captain of the guard or whatever. He's he's a stormtrooper that happens to have a weird face. But I, yeah, I didn't feel like he did anything. I He didn't make an impression. I don't need an action figure of him. Although Hasbro would be crazy not to make an action figure of him. Oh, yeah. There, people are going to want the Enoch. Please tell me what you thought. I was kind of mixed on it. Like I thought, hey, that's cool. They've never done something like that. You know, similar to like Captain Phasma, you know, this chrome stormtrooper, you know, she didn't turn out to be much either. But yeah, I thought it was really off-putting a little bit to have a face on the stormtrooper armor. That, you know, it looked like somebody, but of course, you know, it's just a mask or just a helmet with a face on it. And when he spoke, it was modulated. I mean, and... Of course, stormtroopers' voices are modulated, but this one sounded a little bit different. It almost reminded me, and I've heard others compare it to the Cylons from the seventies uh, Battlestar Galactica. That would say, "By your command." Yeah, by your command. I mean, he wasn't that robotic, but just the modulation was different than the other stormtroopers. So I, I think he's intriguing, but like you said, he didn't really do much. He was just kind of like. The right-hand man of and did whatever Thrawn said, but uh, didn't really have character in and of himself. I guess we'll see if he develops more of a personality or anything like that. Gets his own comic book series or something. Who knows? Oh, I'm sure he will. <laughs> now, uh, sorry, let me uh, 
veer us right off the path and ensure that we never finish this episode. <laughs> but in the book, Heir to the Empire, Thrawn had a right-hand man that was a, a, an alien named Rook. Yes. Only it was spelled funny with an H in there. And I, if I'm correct, and this is a 30-year-ago memory, Rook ends up betraying and killing Thrawn at the end of Dark Force Rising. No, the last battle. The, the, what the was last, last command. The last command, thank you. But there is no Rook, right? Enoch is his right-hand man. Well, Rook... So he had Rook by his side on Rebels? Uh, well, not on his side, but uh, Rook was there, and he did send him off on missions, and he he killed a lot of people. You know, he was kind of like the the assassination, similar to what he was in the books. But uh, I think Rook was killed by uh, Zeb at at one point during Rebels. Sorry for the spoilers, everybody. But. Oh, so he's already <laughs> gone. There's I no chance they might bring him back. To do no. what he did in the book. Okay. Did you remember the book ending that way? I was trying to remember when you said that. I don't remember that part. Okay. I know there was a lot there with Kaboth or whatever, or Luke, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, back to the beat, y'all. Okay. So the next one, then, the other character that we finally meet once we get to Peridia is Ezra Bridger from Rebels. He was kind of the main character, the focus character for that show. And of course, him and Thrawn were uh, taken through hyperspace by the space whale, the Purgle. <laughs> At the end of that, that's how we got rid of Thrawn, was Ezra Bridger had the, the whales take them away from the galaxy. So, of course, if you find Thrawn, you're, you're going to have to go look for Ezra. And that's the first thing that... Uh, Sabine does when she gets on the planet. And we'll talk more about her later, but um, she does find Ezra Bridger and he joins the adventure after he's found by Sabine. And uh, yeah, what did you think? He's got a beard now. <laughs> uh, he, he, <laughs> I remember seeing pictures of Ezra and he's got this scratch on his cheek. Yeah. And so when I saw... The, the live action Ezra and he had a, a scar on his cheek there. I was just like, oh, wow, they kept that, which is really neat. But they also kept the blue eyes and they were distracting. They, they, they gave this actor blue contacts. <laughs> they were very bright. Yeah. And it, it never quite looks right because of his like this skin tone and his ethnicity and stuff. Uh, but but at least they they tried there, I, I ended up quite liking Ezra. I'd not seen the actor in anything before, uh, and so to me, he was just Ezra. But I also didn't watch enough of Rebels to be like, oh, that's not Ezra's voice. You know what I mean? How about you? What did you, what was your experience? No, I, I liked him quite a bit. He's played by uh, Amon Esfandi. And uh, yeah, I thought he was... He kind of had some pep to him, you know. He he was more cheerful. He was more upbeat and proactive. And you know, we'd seen a lot of Ahsoka and Sabine being angsty and gloomy, and it was kind of a fresh take to have Ezra there um, with with kind of a more positive attitude. They never explained what happened between Thrawn and Ezra. Just that they were both on the planet, but in different places and not really fighting each other. They were just kind of separated. And I don't know if Thrawn was always looking for Ezra, but couldn't find him. It seemed like he was found pretty easy by Sabine. So I I was expecting more of an explanation of what was going on on this planet for 10 years between Thrawn and Ezra or what they've been up to. But they really never did go into that. So I was a little, little bit disappointed in that. But as far as as far as the actor and his interaction with Sabine and Ahsoka and everybody toward the end of the series, I, I yeah, I really liked his involvement. I thought they did did well with the character. Okay, you know, I I hadn't thought about that. That for ten years they'd been stuck on you know on that side of the wormhole essentially, but 
<laughs> Thrawn hadn't hunted him down and had him killed, even though he had a million TIE fighters and, and, and troops at his disposal. Um, do, do you think that there was a truce between the two of them or that the, the Chimera had been in another part of the galaxy until this episode when the witches had said the time has come for us to go back to the other side of the galaxy. And so we need to go to this place and wait. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, that, that's the only planet we explored on this new galaxy. And, I, you know, not that we need to go anywhere else. You know, that that's enough for this series, you know, the, the amount of time we spent there. But I don't know if it was a truce or if, you know, Ezra escaped. And as long as Thrawn didn't come after him, he didn't bother Thrawn. And as long as Ezra didn't bother Thrawn, he didn't care either. I, I'd, I'd like to know more about that, but we'll see. They didn't interact at all on Ahsoka, right? Those two characters. Uh, no, they didn't. We didn't see a... It's been a long time, Ezra Bridger, or anything like that, so... And yeah, he came across and then, you know, runs into Hera and Chopper at the end, which was nice. It was kind of cool that that everybody's roles were reversed. (laughs) Yeah. That Ahsoka and Sabine started... In our galaxy with Ezra and Thrawn trapped on the other side. Yeah. And at the end, Ezra and Thrawn come through to our galaxy and Sabine and Ahsoka are trapped on the other side. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a interesting uh, I- irony there. All right, the next character on my list you may not know. Uh, C1D1. I don't. Tell me. It sounds like a droid. <laughs> Yeah, it was the the red protocol, one of the red protocol droids on Corellia in the I think the second episode. <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to say. So you can just say it and save me the trouble. You want one of those figures? Like the blue well, yeah, one? Yeah, Hasbro needs Hasbro needs to make a toy of that. Yeah. And I don't understand why they don't do it because it's essentially C3PO, right? But with like one piece different. Yeah, like the neck was more bulky or something like that. Yeah, I, I I love protocol droids. I also love astromech droids, but for some reason the protocol droids just I guess their humanness have always appealed to me. There were some droids that were working for Thrawn that were, or I guess they were running Morgan Elsbeth's calculations and stuff. Oh right, and they were very C three PO like, except for their heads were slightly different and it would be very easy toy for hasbro to make those as well yeah slam dunk what did you think of tell me what the name of the droid was c1d1 was the the name that i mean there were several of them there there was like three or four of these protocol droids but the only one that i grabbed was the c1d1 no i thought they were cool i like you i i like the protocol droids and i thought it was so cool to see a silver one in Empire Strikes Back, a couple of different silver ones, and then just every time there's an iteration of them, then it's just kind of cool. Uh, here's another uh, quick one, and you, you'll you know the actor, but you probably won't know the character. It was from the first episode. Uh, Governor Ryder Azadi. Okay, tell me again. It was played by Clancy Brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, on Lothal at the beginning. We talked about that, that he was on Rebels, right? Yeah, yeah, he was the same guy. So he wasn't governor, but I, I really like Clancy Brown. It's great to see him in a little part. You know, he's he's not a big star, but he has done a lot of stuff. He was in Mandalorian in that prisoner episode. Uh, he was the voice yep. of Lex Luthor on the Superman animated series, and uh, you know Highlander. Shawshank Redemption is probably his most famous role, just because that has sure. become such a a phenomenon that that film yeah it's just it's neat when clancy brown is getting work yeah i mean whenever whenever i see him i'm just like oh great this is gonna be awesome clancy brown's here (laughs) uh let's see i think we talked about this guy a little bit last episode so maybe we probably don't need to talk too much about him but uh uh senator exiano i think is how you pronounce that he was the senator that wanted to strip uh, General Harris Sandula's rank because she 
went against his direct orders. Okay, and yeah, th- I had mentioned earlier that there, I'm sure there's somebody on the show that I didn't like. I, I absolutely loathed this character, but we were meant to. Yeah. He was, you know, enter the bureaucrat, as Palpatine said. You know, this guy is just the sleaziest, slimiest, and, you know, he's just there to be an obstacle in the path of the characters that we like. And, yeah, he's from that Star Wars Resistance show. Not just his kid is the main character on Star Wars Resistance, but he is on that show as the kid's disapproving father or whatever. And so we know that he lasts for a super long time in the New Republic. As always, I did want Leia to show up and just put him in his place. But that's all right. I'm sure we will see him again. And it's probably a part that is fun to play. Because there's no pressure to come across likable in any way. Yeah, <laughs> you get to be the villain character. Or not villain, but uh, antagonist for sure. Okay, as long as we're talking about politicians, my next one here is Chancellor Mon Mothma, played by Genevieve O'Reilly. Well, I, I like Mon Mothma, and I've always liked Mon Mothma, and I thought it was great when she when Genevieve O'Reilly played Mon Mothma again in Rogue One. Because I knew that she had been cast in Revenge of the Sith, but all her scenes got deleted. A lot of the stuff that poor Padme had to do in that movie got deleted. And so I just thought it was cool that that here she is again. But since then, since Rogue One, she's been in everything. (laughs) Yeah, she has. She has this kind of screen time that Worf has on Star Trek, where it's just like, yeah, we'll put him in a movie. We'll put him in this series. We'll put him in another movie. We'll have him play his own grandfather. And I <laughs> I feel like it's a shame that we had Mon Mothma on this series. Only because it meant that we didn't get Princess Leia. She was there because we couldn't have Princess Leia. Yeah. You know what I mean by that, right? Yeah, I mean, they are not planning on recasting Princess Leia. And they don't have Carrie Fisher anymore. And uh, their deep fake stuff hasn't worked in the past. So, I mean, it did with Luke in that uh, Book of Boba Fett episode, but I don't think they're going to... Well, I I just think they should recast Leia. Yeah, I I do too. And I think that they have a fear that there will be a backlash about it. Yeah. Or they are afraid that it will be perceived as bad taste. But... I don't get, I, was there a big backlash for Alden Ehrenreich? Well, other than... The, are there people that are just like, ugh, new Han Solo, ugh. I don't think so. I think people just didn't see that movie. Yeah, or they didn't like the movie or whatever, but it wasn't Harrison Ford and who is. But I, I liked Alden Ehrenreich's portrayal of young Han. I thought he could have really grown into that. You know, and if they're worried about you know, it being seen as a slight against Carrie Fisher, we'll just uh, have her daughter do it, right? Yeah, if they could corral Billy Lord into playing that part, it would be perfect casting. Yeah. Because I, she she looks a little bit different from her, but in certain lighting and from certain angles, she is Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And I love that. I, 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 I think that that would be neat. And... Maybe that's perceived as ghoulish or something like that by by her, by Billy Lord. Oh, yeah. She'd have to be willing, for sure. But at the same time, if, if, if it didn't seem that way to her, if she was like, no, I could honor my mother by playing this part. Uh, in the same... I, I, this is a, a stupid example, but in that Chaplin film where Robert Downey Jr. played Charlie Chaplin... Geraldine Chaplin played his mother. Oh, that's who cool. Who is the daughter of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there is a better example than that out there. But it's it's sort of a neat way of like the legacy and family. And, you know, I, I dig that kind of thing. I think that people would also like it. But Princess Leia is such an important character, dude. Especially to this era of them setting up the New Republic. And I I know I keep saying it every time we get together, but I was like, where is Leia to put a stop to this? 
because if anybody could, it would be Princess Leia. And they've put Mon Mothma in that position. And I respect that. I like the character of Mon Mothma, but I don't love Mon Mothma. I love Princess Leia. And so we had that scene with 3PO. Is he on your list? He is, but we can just talk about him now. <laughs> and I, I get that. I get why they did it. It's like Anthony Daniels is willing to do it. And he's almost as good as Princess Leia. And, and it, it made me feel kind of nice to know that Leia was watching and that she was, you know, stepping in to help Hera. But gosh, at some point you guys need to just say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is our new Princess Leia. The character is so important that we needed to, to recast. And, and hopefully you will agree with us that Princess Leia was gone for too long. You know, that's just me. And, 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 and I get the impression we're never going to see her. Maybe she'll be like a disembodied voice over a radio or something like that. And, and I'll take it. Just to know that she's there, I will take it. Yeah. But let me tell you, Sir Alec Guinness died. And they had no qualms whatsoever of casting somebody new as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And nobody cared. Nobody was angry. Yeah. It's a character from a different era. And it's impossible for Carrie to play her with dots on her face. So just, just bring her in. I, I, I'm, I may be in the minority on that. There may be people that would say, I would rather they not do it than do it badly. And that I can get behind. But we have seen things like this done badly. Like that that Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One, that's a revenant brought back from, from the, the dead, dead with, with dark, dark magic. magic. And <laughs> in the years since then, they could do it so much better and probably way, way, way cheaper. But it, But they don't have to do that. They can just have somebody who has the right color hair and <laughs> and build or something like that and say, this is her. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that they have done Leia poorly. And I think Carrie Fisher was alive when they did that on Rogue One, right? She was, yeah. She hadn't passed away yet. <laughs> so it's like, wow, if you're that bad at it when she's alive, you know, don't try to capture it again i mean they did a little bit right they tried to use what she had done for last jedi or whatever in rise of skywalker and that didn't quite work either so yeah just recast and just pull the band-aid off and and uh get it in there well you know what i would love to see i i, I would love to see leia versus thrawn yeah that'd be great like leia had leia is the military leader of the new republic and thrawn is the military leader of the new empire and 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 let's see what happens i think that that would be neat i i i'm sure it will never happen and that and they they do seem to be setting up ahsoka as the nemesis the primary nemesis for thrawn and that's fine but again i don't love ahsoka i know millions of people do but it's, you know, she's a samurai and we need like a general to fight Thrawn, who is a, a you know, a dark general. Yeah, no, I it'd be great to see Ahsoka and Leia together. I think it would all work well. But anyway, we'll we'll see what they do with that. I mean, they did. Of course, they did the, the little girl Leia in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I liked that. I thought that was cool, but it's it's not the same as having Senator Leia Organa as a character. Because you're right, she's so important. She is the the key ingredient to the new government. Well, <laughs> we've gotten uh, halfway through our list, and we're already hitting the hour mark as we record. Oh. Boy, I'm I'm sorry. I just can't stop talking. But surely the next batch of people, we, we won't have that much to say about, right? Like, like who is next on the list? Somebody that I can just say one sentence about, right? 
Yeah, just Anakin Skywalker. Oh no. Okay, hey folks, we're we're out of time. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's end the show here and come back in a couple of weeks. Is that all right? That works for me, and uh, it's kind of a cliffhanger for everybody, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. So we'll we'll uh, end now, and uh, we'll come back and finish off this list uh, another time. And uh, yeah, and we'll kind of sum up our whole thoughts on the series as well. But uh, yeah, if you'd like to comment on Ahsoka or anything that we've talked about on recasting Leia, or you want to see more of uh, Captain Enoch, let us know. <laughs> uh, you can email at journeyintopodcast at gmail.com. You can call the voicemail line at 77JINTO107. And uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash journeyinto. If you want to support Rish on his podcasts and stories, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash rishoutfield. And that's that's about it. Yeah, if... If somebody out there feels really strongly that Leia should not be recast or that Leia should never show up again, send us a voicemail and, and explain why. I'm not married to the idea. If, if you feel as strongly that she shouldn't be on the show as I feel that she should, change my mind. Yeah. If you uh, were offended by Grand Admiral Thrawn's belly... <laughs> let, let us know if, if he needs to uh, get some more exercise or something. But uh, I definitely need more exercise and uh, I need to get some sleep. So uh, I think uh, I'll bid you adieu and uh, may the force be with you. You too. Good night. Good night. The Delusions of Grandeur podcast was produced by the Creative Commons side of the Force. The Force? Well, the Force is what gives a podcast its power. It's a license created by all living shows. You can download it, share it, feel it flowing through you. But if you take credit for it, or try to sell it, then you have been seduced by the dark side and will become more machine now than man. Or woman. Thank you, young Luke. Uh, do you... So we're just over an hour now. We can keep keep recording but did you want to split this into two episodes or should we i mean if this is an hour do you do you foresee that we're going to do another hour on the second half of the list perhaps i mean the, the next character here is anakin oh boy and then we get <laughs> into the the heavy hitters at the end okay yeah we do need to stop then if the next character is anakin okay <laughs>